you freaking auto? This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> yep, we're along, Brock. We saw the Seahawks for the first time last night. I got to tell you, I came away pretty darn impressed with what I saw. I really liked it. I spent a while on it in the last hour. Like, uh-huh. that was my favorite preseason game I've ever watched. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they played with energy. They played with fire. They played the st- – I mean, look, I know these guys aren't the starters. I'm not telling you that I watched last night and came away thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's not like that. I'm not yeah. going to make a lot of, like, judgments on the team based on what we saw from individual players. Yeah, but I just felt like they played with the style, especially on defense, the style of defense that we've been calling for for years. They were more aggressive. They were more into it. They were up in everybody's face. I thought they came crashing off the edge. I lo- I mean, what Boye Mafe did and, and Derek Hall, I thought, had a good game. Like, I just <clears throat> I liked the style that they played with last night. Yeah, it wasn't even the names on the jerseys, right? It was just um, <laughs> and it's funny. Uh, this goes back a long, a long, long ways to the some of the OGs out there, right? To some of the original listeners of the Brock and Salk show. One of our first big feisty fights where you got really mad at me. Like even during break, it, it, we, we go to break and you get really mad at me. It's like, let's think of the big girl spectrum. I don't do that anymore. No, I know you don't anymore. Why do you have but to bring the- that up? Because the Kook fans are all coming after me this morning. But anywho, no, the spectrum of Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll's like, this is really fun to Salk's, I'm really mad. And it was about, hey, after the Seahawks made a move and and fired a coach, I think it was Jim Mora, what do you want? What do you want your team to look like? I'm not talking about names. I'm not talking about styles. I'm not talking about this or that. What what kind of team do you want? And I I forget my horrific answer at the time. It was unopinionated. It was uninteresting. I will take some responsibility oh, for it. Nice we go to we go to break, and I think Big Ray was in the room, and even Big Ray, who likes confrontation, right. is like, "Whoa, this! I'm gonna go sit this one out. This is a bit much for me." With Why you didn't two, you right? sit it out after your five picks? Yeah, I, well, I, I should have. Yeah, I absolutely should have. Anywho, last night was kind of emblematic of that. It's not even like the names or you know the coaches. It's what kind of style of team do you want? What do you want them to look like? And I know what you're selling right there because it did. They played with tremendous energy. The crowd was into it. The juice for a preseason game was high. Right? You heard Locke talk about it. I guarantee you, if you talk to some of those Minnesota veterans, you know, that didn't play, they'd be like, Yeah, I man, Seattle's just different. This place is just this place is just different. And that is a lot to do with the kind of people they have brought in, the continuity that Pete and John have. And to your point. A style that's going to be aggressive, and that's fun to watch. Didn't you think? You know, it's funny. A few things kind of jumped out to me. First of all, and I'll talk about it more later. I just love the broadcast. Mike Mike B <laughs> doesn't have to even try to be funny to make me laugh. Like every word out of his mouth makes me laugh. I can't the, stop laughing at him. Well, it's the way he oh says it too. It's not what he says, dude. I can't stop laughing. We'll, we'll play yes. some of it at seven thirty. But every every word out of his mouth. <laughs> Made me laugh last night, even when he was being serious. And by the way, uh-huh. 
He had some like, pretty decent analysis, too, I thought. And yes. I just love all those guys talking to each other. Mm-hmm. It just made me laugh throughout the entire night. And just that's what yep. I want out of a preseason game. I don't know yep. if that would be the best way to do regular season games. But for a preseason game, yep. perfect. You made it entertaining. You made it fun. And I just I absolutely loved it. I know they had some technical difficulties. But other than that, I just loved the broadcast last night. Mm-hmm. But I, I found myself much more enjoying watching the Seahawks on defense last night than I did on offense. And it was fun watching Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was great. I, I know you said you were pretty impressed with Drew Locke. I, I thought it was fine. Drew's grade sheet's going to be very high. Really? I know he forced the one to Jackson, and Jackson got his hand on it, almost made. I was like, oh, my gosh. First game out, is he going to do what Tyler Lockett did in his first preseason? Remember, if most he of these, made that catch, that would have been the only thing we were talking about all week. It would have been the most viral hit of the entire weekend. It right. would have been Doug Baldwin in Buffalo. Right? Is that where the playoff game was? Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, where he went up with one hand, right? And just, you, you can't make that catch. And he almost did. <laughs> and I bet you he's like a little disappointed. Like, man, I could have got that. I could have brought that one in. Put that one in harm's way. And the pick, obviously, not great. Even though it's tipped, that's on him. There was also Save the for one that. on the right sideline at the guy's feet. Were, and, and I only, that one jumped out to me because I saw it like 20 times in practice. He's going to put the ball in harm's way. I mean, that that's the one thing he is going to do. And I will never, but the rest of it. The rest of it, and the touchdown throws and him getting the ball out and him escaping. He he did a lot of things as your backup that if Gino goes down for two or three weeks, I felt, uh, and I'm sure Pete and that crew felt a lot better about uh, seeing him do what he did. Anywho, um, I, I interrupted you. You no, like the, de- like the defense way more than the offense. I thought it was just more fun to watch last night, and, and maybe because there were more guys that I specifically wanted to watch on the defense. But mm-hmm. I found myself much more kind of keyed in when the Seahawks were on defense than when they were on offense yesterday. Uh, yeah, because you've spent six months talking about them stopping the run. That's true. <laughs> okay. And because like, when you don't have your regular quarterback or your toe top, two top wide receivers or your two tackles, or like they're just, or yes. your running back. It yeah. really just wasn't no, you actually saw you saw contributors. You saw Devin Bush play at, right. into the late in the second quarter. You saw Boye Mafe and and you saw guys that are going to have to to play meaningful difference making snaps right. for you. you. Saw Kobe, Mike Bryant. Jackson, and Trey Brown and Kobe Bryant, and yeah, you saw I think Derrick a whole Hall. lot more of yeah. your defensive starters. So yeah. I guess I was just maybe a little bit more engaged with that part of the game than I was with the offense. I freaking loved what the defense did. I I know a couple missed tackles early. Brock, they were in everybody's face the whole game. Yep. Trey yep. Brown coming up to knock away the ball early, right? And even the last play of, of the game was a, mm-hmm. a fourth down where they came up and knocked the ball away. Isn't that what we've been asking to see for, yes. like, ever? Yeah. Yeah, not just intensity and not just juice, but literally, <laughs> once again, back to uh, 14U tackle football. You know, what's your target? What's your target? Is your, is your target the front or the back? Right, one of the one of the old school coaches on this team, and the kids like the front. No, it's the back. You don't run through the front. You run through the back of that guy. You're thinking of running through him and not just hitting the front and stopping. Awesome. You got to run your feet all the way through him, and uh, and and even Titus last night, man, bless his heart. Right, we're watching it after practice. Play happens, and I don't even. You'll remember this after I say it. He's like, hey, oh, run. he's like, rewind that back, rewind the back. Do you see that? Like Titus, I can't keep rewinding it back. All right, I'm not going to teach you this habit of watching games this way. <laughs> and it was when the safety Sutherland on the short yardage play, mm-hmm. the play was stuffed. And did you see what he did? When he flew all the way I- over and, and landed <laughs> on his back. Yes, yes, Matt. I noticed the same thing. I mean, once again, doesn't that speak and kind of resonate with exactly what you're talking about? These yep. dudes just flying around recklessly. 
at times. Like I'm going to put my body in harm's way and I'm going to run right through them and I don't care. And that was the mentality that Mike B, that you heard him, that you, KJ, you know, it's Mike Rob, that, that, that was the mentality they had, you know, and uh, was it totally sustainable on a lot of those dudes' bodies? Nope. No, it was not. not there, were not there were not business decisions made with that crew in 11 and 12 and 13 and 14. And if last night was a precursor of a little bit of what's to come, yeah. There are not going to be many business decisions for these young guys either. All right, so here's what we're going to do. 7.30, we'll do some takeaways. Uh, I got a bunch of them. We probably won't have time for all of them. But I also, at some point today, Brock would like to just run through a list of names and have you just give me a quick, great, uh, great like, you know, like, I don't need you to spend five minutes on each guy. Give me, like, 30 seconds on what you saw from them so sure. we can just kind of buzz huh. through. Like, I want to hear about Olu. Is this a timer? Maura, you could put a timer on me. Yeah, maybe. I want to put you under the gun yesterday. Maura, put a timer on me. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm game for I, it. I want to hear about Olu. I want to hear yep. about Charbonnet. I want to hear about Maffe. I want to hear about Hall. I want to hear about Trey Brown. Love it. I want to hear about Kobe. Good. I want to know who's the uh, the uh, the Tim Nick Tebow, Reed. the third-string Tim Tim. Tebow? Who's yes. the Nick Reed wannabe on defense? Uh, the the Levi Brown. Levi Brown. Like I mm-hmm. want to hear about Big Bad Levi Brown. I don't oh, think yeah. that's his last name, but anyway, we're going to do all of that. Levi. 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 Levi Stout. Levi. <laughs> Levi. Levi's jeans. Papa Levi. I don't know. We'll Is be right Jones? back. It's Brock and Salt. Sales Jones. On seven Five Jones. Jones. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Most fun Seahawks preseason game I've watched in years. I loved it, honestly, from start to finish. I know the broadcast had some technical difficulties, but other than that, I thought the crew was great. I thought the guys in the field played really hard and played pretty well. I just really enjoyed watching it. Maybe I just missed football more than I realized, but fun night last night. We'll start with the defense because I thought it was everything we've wanted for years. Fourth down. Ball slapped down. Seahawks take the ball back with 152 to play and you can wrap this one up. That was late in the game. Christian Young deflecting the pass, but there were a bunch of them throughout the night. Trey Brown had a really nice defensive stop as well. I uh, saw some big hits. Devin Bush with a big tackle. It was great. I just really enjoyed the way they played football. As for Drew Locke, 17 of 24, 191 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. On the defensive side, I thought Boye Mafe was really the standout. Mm-hmm. And they came out of it pretty darn healthy. Just one injury. Cade Johnson, the receiver, carted off immobilized with a concussion said to be okay later oh are you forgetting d eskridge okay he sprained his knee too on the opening kickoff of crying out loud i didn't i think i missed that <laughs> yes i just thought he wasn't playing <laughs> no 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 he's he you know he may not play now unfortunately with the injury the next does anybody weeks in the well. world not think jake bobo is better than d eskridge Raise your hand if you do. No, I don't, I'm not hearing a lot. I hear a lot no. of stunned silence. That'll be a good question for G in about an hour for now. He's a football. He's a. I'll tell you what Bobo is. I'll, I'll bet quote, you cash money. G says Jake Bobo's better than DS. I will quote our buddy Mark Schlereth on Bobo. He is simply a football playing Jesse, and there were a bunch of them yesterday. I mean, that, that that's what I always appreciate about the way you watch a game, what your eye sees, what your ear hears is, is often different than mine. You know, you kind of made a little joke at me, not even a, a little dig. I, it was fun because it's true. Like when I watch a game or I broadcast a game, it's a little bit more probably from the coach teaching end of things than it is just the sartorial genius of Michael Bennett and the fun and all of that. Because these guys last night, man, they were flying and having fun. They absolutely cut it loose. It was the vision of what Pete believes in. 
And I think a little differently than the last few years, Saul, and maybe certainly in 18, 19, 20, some of those little leaner years on the roster, this roster's got a lot of athleticism. And that's also what you saw and felt last night. Here's the second thing you need to know. Tell you what, if you're going to have an off day in August, you want it to go like yesterday did for the Mariners. Houston loses, Toronto loses, uh, even Tampa lost. So they gained a half game on all three of those teams. So one and a half back in the wild card race, but dead even in the loss column at this point with three games in hand, which is great. Even Tampa lost, as I mentioned. So they're only five and a half out for the top wild wild card spot, forgetting about the division, which is sort of in the same spot. So really good day for the Mariners yesterday. Did not get an update yet on J.P. Crawford. I know Sam Haggerty was held out of the AAA game last night, so he could be an option if J.P. is going to have to miss a few days with a concussion. Uh, And yeah, we got an update on Brian Wu from Jerry DePoto, which was very positive. And then an explanation of what they could do if and when he's ready to return. Our intention was after the off days to go to a six-man rotation for a period of time, which would help us to manage the the innings for our young starters coming down the, you know, I I guess coming down that last month and a half or, or so of the season. And we still would like to do that. So we'll we'll look at what happens here over the next couple of weeks with Emerson in the rotation. And you know, our goal was to, to manage innings for, for those last six weeks anyway. And, and that's one way we can do it. And and I'll say this, that's a little bit of what the Houston Astros did. I think it was Shannon Dreyer alluding to that, that if you think back to, to Houston's run, they did some of that in August and September. They had strength in numbers in their rotation as well, and you can't tell me that didn't pay dividends in their World Series chase. And for the Mariners, I think that that was going to be the plan all the way along. You know, even even not knowing Wu and Miller could come up and do this. Remember, there was Ray. Remember, there was Marco. Remember, they were going to get an influx of these arms eventually. It just happened a whole lot quicker with those injuries. Marco was that guy last year in August and September that ate some innings when it mattered, that helped propel this team to a playoffs and a playoff series win. And let's hope that same six-man rotation has the benefit to the Mariners as it did the Astros. And they'll get back to it tonight and a really excellent Baltimore team in town for three. La Piedra, The Rock, Luis Castillo taking the ball in game one against Kyle Gibson tonight. Kirby, then Miller and the other two games. going to be a huge crowd all weekend long for the big Felix weekend as he goes into the Mariner Hall of Fame tomorrow. Here's the third thing you need to know. Yeah, I'm going to take this time uh, throughout the morning uh, in our third need to know to talk about what's been going on in Maui and specifically in Lahaina where these wildfires have just absolutely destroyed all of uh, Front Street on Lahaina. It's really terrible, and the pictures are awful. We've got a couple dozen people that are dead. It, it is a terrible, terrible situation, something that we've decided to take on as a cause here at the show and uh, the station and throughout our building and really throughout all of Bonneville. So uh, we've established a fund uh, that will funnel money through to where it's needed most on Maui. To give, you can go to MyNorthwest.com slash Strong. And uh, you can also just easily text the word Maui to 866-979-3776. You'll get a bounce back message, uh, which will uh, get you a link to where you can donate. So text Maui, M-A-U-I, to 866-979-3776. And then Monday, Brock, we're going to auction off a package. So I've been working on this since yesterday. We've got three nights at a condo, Waterview, 
We've got three. It's uh, kind of in Kihei, just north of Kihei. We've got two round trip tickets. We've got gift cards for local restaurant. And I can't promise it, but I'm working. It's hard to get anybody to commit to anything right now because, you know, they're busy with much bigger and more important things. But uh, I'm working on getting us two rounds of golf at uh, Kapalua at the plantation course. Put all of that together into one package, and we're going to auction it off on Monday. Well, with all the proceeds going right there to, yes. the, to the people that it matters and the community that it needs, it's it's one of those moments that just stops you in life, right? Mm-hmm. It just stops you. No matter where you are, what you're doing, where you're from, you just stop and look at these pictures and you can't believe it. Like, you just can't believe like that, right? Something that's hundreds and hundreds of years old that can be gone like that. And those winds at 100 miles an hour, hurricane force winds with oh, the power lines that went down and the sparks and the fire, it was just uncontrollable yeah and the damage is really unfathomable i mean hundreds of homes and it's it's brutal i got a couple friends who are over there uh right now they were there on vacation this week coincidentally and they got moved they they don't have any food they got moved to a different resort and the resort was like hey we can't feed you anybody tomorrow so it's a it's a pretty rough scene and want to really thank our partners at alaska airlines and everyone else who's stepping up to help uh again Text the word Maui to 866-979-3776 and then talk to your spouse about, you know, maybe throwing down some money for a really cool auction item on Monday. That's everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Soul Levi Show. Bell. Levi Bell. Yeah, that's Levi, Levi Bell. Bell. He may be 5'11 and 260 on paper, man, but he is number one in your heart. He sure is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Levi Kristen Bell. Pretty uh, pretty impressive dude. All right. Uh, we've got some takeaways uh, from the game yesterday. Some dudes who really deserve some credit for playing really well in uh, the first preseason game of the season. And a few other little observations thrown in as well. We'll do it next. Brock and Salk. Sales Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Totally agree with the 206. It is fun to be a Seattle sports fan right now. I think we're going to have a really fun September, Brock. I really do. I Just what the vibe I got last night doesn't mean this team's going to win a Super Bowl or anything. Just the vibe I got watching them is this is going to be a fun team to watch. A team that's going to play hard. A team that's got some really good energy. A team that's going to be a lot more aggressive than it's been defensively. I think we're going to have a good time watching the Seahawks team. And the Mariners have obviously set themselves up here for a September run. So uh, this is going to be the place to be here for the next few months on Seattle Sports on 710. First preseason game last night, which means our first chance for some takeaways. Takeaways. All right, I got to play you some sound for our first takeaway. I told you, it's all about Mike B for me today. Dude, he's so funny. I could not stop laughing last night. That yak, we hate yak. Yak is the worst thing you can do when you get a defense to say they get yak against us. That's yards after contact for everybody that's out there. He's not talking about anything else, no, nothing else. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sp- sorry, I, got, I was speaking Ebonics up here, man. Sorry, man, this is Ebonics up here. Yak and this slang, yo. What are you talking about? Here he's just talking about the quarterback. Quarterbacks got to They got to put a different type of jersey on. We need to find a jersey that they can't be touched. Maybe so. artificial intelligence, something else. Like maybe so. How do we contact them? Do we call them? You can't. You can't. You got to pick them up and, and lay them down. But they're so okay. strong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Honestly, they're just as funny to me the second time. Oh, yeah, Mafe manhandling like the new back. Hey, I told Mafe all week, I said, you got two of them. <laughs> Use your hands. Use your hands, Mafe. I said, your hands are too soft. They feel like butter. Let me slice, slice your hands. Get some blood in your hands. Brock, have you thought about going to Mike B and asking for some advice on how to do color? No, no, because like Mike B yesterday said about these players, you've got to be your own individual. Oh, you don't think you could do the same style as him? Uh, you don't think you could pull that off? N- no, Michael. No, I don't think I could talk. No, I, I don't think I could talk in that tone. I don't think there's another human in the world other than maybe his brother that could pull that off. He he is just a unique individual, man. It is. I don't know how long that could go. I, I, I don't know if there could three be preseason games. I'll tell it, you that much. It could. It could. I, I don't know energy wise and just like, you know, emptying the barrel and just firing away. Now that brain is creative. He sees things quickly. I hope that's what you realize. Yeah. Like, you know, immediately it's gosh, why do I always do baseball comparisons to football? Now I've turned into just baseball guy. But you know, when you sit with a, and, and I've done this a few times with a former catcher, sit and watch a baseball game with a former catcher. They see the game differently than anybody else. Yep. They read swings. They look at the tiniest little things. They anticipate. They see what's coming. Like, how do you see that? How do you, and I think, like last night, you, you get used to is a, is a fan listening to a lot of coaches and former quarterbacks talk the game. Chris Collinsworth's the receiver, but most Aikman, and if you think about it, yeah. Joel Klatt, most of the guys at the top are intend to be quarterbacks because they see the big picture of the game. Mike B gave you a window into a defense front seven player and how quickly things happen, how I got to react and just got to react and just couldn't talk really fast. And, but yet with analysis, I loved because, it. because he saw it and it was pretty fun. I loved it. I loved him talking trash to KJ. I forget who it was. Somebody made a mistake. And he's like, oh, that's KJ's guy. <laughs> it was just like, it was awesome. Everything about him was entertaining. I thought Mike Robb did a good job. Kate Scott did a great job wrangling everybody. KJ did a great job at halftime. Just a, yep. just a really fun broadcast. Takeaways. And he forgot the Prince of Pialop. I mean, Egan's awesome, too. Egan? Yeah. He did okay. <laughs> Egan's the best. He did an awesome job. He just seemed really comfortable. I don't know what it was. Like, uh-huh. he just seemed really comfortable in his skin doing pre and post. Like, I am, I'm going to give him, I'm gonna give him the mantle of the Prince of Pialop. Okay, I'm going to do that. I mean, Mike Heward's down the road from him. He's the king of Pialop, but the Prince... Who's never left? Chris Egan. He's, he's right there. He uh, he did an awesome job. And, Not and kudos does that looks as comfortable as him. Kudos to a difficult, technical challenge that that whole operation had, and they all fought. Give me a real it. takeaway. Run and hit. Run and hit. Now, that came at a cost sometimes of the actual tackling. I'll get to that in Blue 88. <laughs> <laughs> but if you wanted and you preached for the last month, and this entire offseason, and our buddy Derek Hall, right? And, and that's what Mike Bennett was alluding to. Hey, man, I ran a little stunt. I'm running. I'm hitting. I hit this quarterback. I hit this QB like I hit him in Gulfport, Mississippi, and celebrated for it. I hit him like I did on the Plains in Alabama, and I was celebrated for it. I hit him, and now I'm going to have an envelope coming into my locker this week, more than likely with a fine. I got fined for that? For hitting Nick Mullins and driving him to the ground? Yeah, sorry. Now, don't let it stop you, Derek. (laughs) And if Pete Carroll could pay every one of these dudes fines, he would do it and probably double it and be just fine with it. Uh, But, yeah, I thought the running and hitting from Devin Bush to Kobe Bryant to Mike Jackson to the big boys up front, they were running and hitting last night. That was the messaging, and they delivered. 
takeaways. Best player in the field last night for me was Boye Mafe, and I'm not sure it was particularly close. Butterhands? He was unbelievable. I don't know if he's going to do that on Sundays all year long, but he sure looked like the best player on the field. Did it all. Played fast. I thought at times he looked unblockable. He flashed. Brock, he flashed. Nonstop. Splashy splash. He did it all. He got to the quarterback. He set the edge. He made a nice play in the running game. I just thought he looked like he has made as big a jump as they said he did over the course of the last year. So that was awesome to see. And on the other side, you know, I was watching my guy 58, Derek Hall, most of the game, and mm-hmm. he played with a lot of power. Yeah, I did, did, did you see the extra little? Did he do the extra little at the end? He did, yeah. Okay, that's just an error. But, um, yeah, he's doing really well. And then, uh, when you know, give him another the month that we need right here. He's going to be in the midst of uh, in rotations, I think, because he's just too physical, runs too fast, got a great head on his shoulders about playing defense football, and and we really like the heck out of him. So it's just a matter of time, and just you know, honing his you know, his game down. And so uh, I, I don't and special teams as well. You know, he's going to have a big factor on special teams. He's got one one of the really really good attitudes about playing defense now. You, Love his heart and, and what he wants to do and how he wants to play it. He's really one of the fellows. I don't I don't see how you keep that guy off the field very long. Well, it's just going to be process, and that's going to keep him off the field, right? It's going to be the opponents you play. It's going to be the Rams and the movement and the formations and the shifts and all the things that you have to process. It's not going to be the physical stand uh, from a physical standpoint. Mark Schlereth went 80s with Wilbur Marshall. Michael Bennett brought it home yesterday with us in Frank Clark. Mm. And honestly, as I watched him, I do remember. You remember Frank's first preseason? Mm-hmm. He had some of those same stopping power, some of the same disruption, some of the same just pop. And, yeah, D. Hall has a lot of it. I really enjoy him. Takeaways. How many times over the course of last season, Salt, when we chatted with Pete, and, and we talked about the run game and the run game and the run game and the run game and the run defense and the run defense, right? I mean, it was just It's all constant. about the run fits. Yeah, the run fits and all of that. And, and, and every single time, Pete did what, well, Pete's done for 14 years. He largely covers. He's not going to throw shade and strays at any of his guys up front. But KJ would on Wednesdays because KJ is an analyst now. <laughs> and he loves those guys, but he's going to be honest and transparent. And, and KJ, if he said it once, he said it 100 times on his Wednesday show, which will again kickstart here really soon. He said, guys, you've got to defeat blocks. I mean, the first, that, the first thing you have to do at the point of attack is you have to defeat blocks. I call it Velcro. When I watch a game, how many times are these guys on the D-line just Velcro? That offense gets their hands in, and you can't defeat a block. Last night was a lot of defeating of blocks at the point of attack. Yes, absolutely. Scheme, scheme worked well, and we, we liked the way we played. The, the, the choices that we've, we've settled in on uh, uh, for the way we basically play, um, the calls worked out really well tonight. The guys were really confident in them, and, and as we played more, we got better. And uh, they brought the scheme to life a little bit. So um, it, was a, it was a good night for, for us on defense, a really good night. Yeah, yeah. Except for the, the start, we couldn't tackle anybody, you know. Terrible right off the bat. <laughs> we'll play that again in Blue 88 in about five or six minutes when we talk about the run defense and specifically the scheme. But I'm talking about the individual personnel defeating yes. blocks, getting off your man so you can be in a position to stop that run. Takeaways. How can you not love Jackson Smith and Jigba? How can anybody watch that guy play and not love him? He is so a, smooth. I got a critique. You do not. That's not true. Dude doesn't drop passes. He's constantly open. He moves so smooth. Drew Locke was pretty impressed. He's going to be a great player. 
He's gonna be a great player. I am extremely impressed with just, this is gonna sound weird, but just the way he's able to move. It's the way he runs his routes, they're crisp, they're defined, he knows how to get open. When you give him the ball too, he's gonna catch it. He is sure-handed and I've been really, really impressed with him. There's guys that, you know, walk out on the practice field day one and you, you know, your eyes kind of open when they go do their first route or run their first play and he was one of those guys for me. And I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> This is a former QB. Like, oh, you're going to love this guy. You know, he runs 4-4. He's really fast. Can't run a route. Can't find a ball. Doesn't understand the timing with the other end of the, the connection of it. Like, no, actually, yeah, he's he's not a receiver. He's an athlete, and he looks really good, but he's not a receiver. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba and that Bobo guy I'm going to hit on in Blue 88, uh, those dudes are receivers. My only critique, and I and I guarantee you, his teammates in receiver room can talk about it, his pants kept falling down. Every time he got hit, he had to like pull his pants back up and pull his pants back up. And so I don't know. We got to tailor the pants up. We got to get them a little tighter. And uh, once he does, he needs to be a little more sartorial out there. There you go. Saying. Next, I get it. Takeaways. I thought Drew Locke. Now, I, a couple other folks like you saw, and one of them a pretty prominent social media guy. So I, I don't. I didn't ask him if I could mention his name, so I'm not going to. Mm. But he just thought Drew was still super sloppy, sloppy with his feet, sloppy with some of his decisions, some of his mechanics, and and I don't know, man. I saw a much more refined Drew Locke. And listening to him post game, he played that one cut, but he just talked about playing again. The dude just got to play. 2020 interrupted it. It was up and down with coaches in Denver last year. COVID interrupted the preseason. Like credit to Gino, as he said, took every single snap. And a little bit like my nephew, like you got to go back and just start playing again and get into some of the rhythm, you know. And the the, the interception, he he didn't he didn't need to throw it. It did get tipped, but the defender was still there. I think the ball would have gotten into the second window where he was throwing it and been knocked down and not just thrown right at the guy had it not been tipped. I liked a lot of other stuff. Was there a was there a delay game? Was there a false start? No, was, but that we haven't seen those since Russ left. Was there mechanical issues with mostly all backups? No. No, was there pretty good Chris no, that's Kempo? True. He had that command. That was pretty good. He had he had he made a couple good, good plays and he showed his athleticism. He ran around a little bit, which is good. Yep. But Brock, he threw a pick. He had a fumble near his own goal line that was kind of on him and lucky for him Charbonnet was right there to pick it up I mean that ended up kind of working out in his favor he had another ball that probably could have been tip, uh, picked and he had another one of those throws where it's like a go, go route down the sideline and the ball's at the receiver's feet I've seen him throw that like 10 times mm-hmm. in practice so he did some good. I don't want to. This is not me killing Drew Locke. I think I just saw some like mixed results. Up Most there. of those other seventeen completions are pluses. The touchdown is a, is a throw that Geno probably makes, but not many That's others. Pretty good throw. I like that, that was a that was a car wash yeah. throw. That ball had unbelievable steam. It could hit one spot, and he hit it. The throw to Bobo for the touchdown was perfect timing on a double move. There were there were enough positives there that it again, if like oh gosh. This guy just can't play. And, and if you got that feeling, that perception. I didn't feel that. I didn't. Uh, please, let me be clear. I did not feel like Drew Locke Others can't feel that play. way. Others feel that but way. But I did not come away thinking that he's challenging anybody for a starting job anytime soon. No, he's not. But you, but you should feel a little more comfortable that if Gino were to go down, he could fill in and certainly make plays. No, I fell out. Wow. Oh. Oh, you're done? Okay, that's fine. Clock integrity, so.
Moore's like, just stop giving takeaways. We're done with takeaways. I saw how close we were, and I took the takeaways that out. Makes sense. Dude, I love the. Hey, I is, love the editorial liberty, the producer liberty right there. Is De- like, sorry. Is Devin Bush just going to be a special teams ace? Like, even if there's not enough room for him out there on defense, because when everybody comes back, I'm kind of curious what that's going to look like with Brooks and Adams, et cetera. Sure. But if he just runs around, hits people like that, and just comes mm-hmm. in on occasion and just uses his speed and, and that ability to go hit, I mean, that might be just even ah, Number zero, I may not have liked it going really? in. You liked it coming out? His body type and his movement, his hitting kind of fit with it. It looked a pretty bit. good, didn't it? <laughs> He looks pretty good as number zero. Totally agree. We're going to go from number zero all the way up to number blue 88. This is Brock and Sox blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Song. All right, Brock, what's the deal with Jake Bobo? That guy ran a 4940. How is he always open? Reminds me of a quote that has stuck in my head that I've sent to a lot of different coaches in different sports, in particular basketball, obviously, because that's where it came from. Hall of Famer, arguably, sheesh, if you said the five greatest coaches, maybe 10, 10 greatest coaches in the history of our lifetimes across any sport, Salt. Gino Oriyama, the coach at UConn, is on that list. And he would say about basketball players, the great ones, really good ones, understand that basketball is not a game of how to, it's a game of when to. And if you think about that and how that crosses over most sports, we all get focused on how to shoot, how to pass, how to, how to fundamentally do things. And you have to have the how-to fundamental level, but then you must get to the when to, when to use it when to do it. Jake, as you mentioned, Bobo, doesn't have a lot of uh, fundamental how-tos. He doesn't have a 4-4-40. He, he doesn't have some of the things that most of his peers have, but the dude understands when to. When to get in that hole. When to run that double move. When to move my feet. When to set up that DB. When to attack the defense that way. When to play it and, and, and give my QB the option on the other end. The when to. And Jackson Smith and Jigba does too. That's what Drew Locke was saying. I knew it the minute I threw to him. This guy gets it. Not only the how to run the route, but when to run the route. And Jake Bobo does too. And and I'll tell you one other thing he has. So I was a four nine five flat guy in my prime. But what I I was I think one of the top five agility guys on my Husky team when it came to plow boxes and ladders and just the different things in a short area that I could do over and over and over and over and work that. And Jake Bobo's feet. His double move, his touchdown, you don't see many. You see almost no 4-9-40 guys <laughs> do that to a defensive back. That guy's going to be humiliated in Minnesota in that film room today. Like, But Jake Bobo has done that. That dude's got to make the team. He man. did it at Duke. He did it at UCLA. He's done it this offseason. He did it in preseason game number one. His quarterback loved it. He's been a, he's been a fan favorite in the locker room for sure. More Bobo is, is the uh, thing that we like to say in the locker room. Give Bobo the ball. Um does everything right, man. He uh, works really, really hard. I know uh, when you throw a rookie out there and you get zero uh, Emmys and practices, and um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to do zero the whole time, but he does the right thing. He's in the right spots. He knows his job and knows his assignment, and that's really all you can ask for him because you know his physical ability to take care of everything else. And let's not forget, Brock. After every high school game he played, that guy had T. 
Like he went to a T after every high school game he played. I think that probably What's tells an you. What's an ME? I don't know. Yes, you do. Doggone it. An We've M-E? spent 14 years together. Don't do this to me. Medical exemption? That guy, you heard Drew Locke just drop it in there. That guy, don't, don't text it anybody. Do not look right, at the text think, right, You know what? Let me ask you the next question. While you're talking, I'll figure it out. And don't cheat. I'm not. Dude, would I cheat? Yes. I mean, I would, but I'm not going to. Question number two. You mentioned the uh, run and their ability uh, last night on defense to mm-hmm. just shed pat, shed blocks. Yeah. What else jumped out from their run defense? Man, there was not as much bare front, and maybe I'm wrong, okay? This is just watching it once. It's not looking at all the snaps and studies, and I don't want Pete Carroll telling me, no, Brock, no, that's not it at all. We actually have run bare for the last 10 years. But, you know, that front where you cover everybody up, you know who's running a bunch? Uh, Minnesota's still running a bunch. And actually, the Minnesota broadcast that the game went to for a little bit talked about, you know, whenever teams see the scheme, they just block down, run this little counter play. It, it gives you really favorable angles to block against. To my eye, I didn't see nearly as much bare front. I saw a lot more four down. I saw a lot of guys defeating blocks at the point of attack. I saw Boye Mafe using his hands and shedding that edge and setting an edge. Now, did I see a lot of missed tackles? Yes. Did Pete Carroll allude to that? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, will, will that be talked about? You bet it will be. And it's to be expected because these guys have not live tackled since their last regular season game in the NFL or for some of them, their college football games last year. So uh, that's what my eyes saw. First blush, a little less bare, a whole lot more defeating blocks, a whole lot. You know what I, I also paid attention to? How many runs three yards and less? How many runs three yards and less? Dre Jones said that's messaging number one. They gave up on the touchdown drive. Three or four runs of seven plus led to that one single touchdown drive. Every other drive, three yards or less. 85 total for the game. That's winning football. Question number three. Uh, for number three, Brock, I just want to, as I said, throw some names at you and just get a quick blush reaction of what you saw from them in the game yesterday. More a timer. 20 seconds and you hit 20 me 20 seconds. It. All right, I don't know if go. you can do it with the bed underneath, I, Justin. I can at least give you a buzzer. All, All right. right. Number one, let's start with Mike Morris. Long. I was like, who is this dude to start the game? Like, all this hair coming out of the back of the helmet. Who is this guy playing inside? And if the whole conversation was pad level and getting it down – not 100%, and it's not ever going to be. But, man, I thought overall he played with tremendous energy and looked comfortable inside. Center competition. Olu looked good, man. Olu's going to close the gap. You know, Evan Brown is a guy that will get overwhelmed, not like little Joey Hunt. Evan Brown, though, the starter going in because of his brain and his background, Olu does not get overwhelmed physically like that. And I think over the weeks ahead, that race is going to keep getting tighter. Kobe Bryant. Looked very comfortable at safety, man. Set the tone on the opening drive with a with a hit. I'm glad those refs took that penalty off of that board. He did not target the head. The receiver dipped. He got his shoulder. He took his head out of it. Uh, man, he was more than willing to bring some force. Uh, Trey Brown. Up and down. Up and down. You see the scrappiness. Again, first, first series of the game, a little out route comes in, collisions it, gets the knockdown. You love that. But there will be matchups that are going to be very, very tough for him, right? Just size-wise, they're going to try to create one-on-ones, throw that ball up to him. He's given up at times a lot of size to guys. Charbonnet. Uh, He gores people. He Thomas Rawls straight gored uh, scene, the safety from Georgia, first-round pick. He humiliated him twice. Every time the camera showed it, again, the Minnesota broadcast showed that poor dude on the bench. He was humiliated because he knows he's going to have to watch that tape and that human Brahma Bowl gored him twice.
<laughs> Devin Bush. Flying, dude. And I guarantee you teammates and coaches watching in Pittsburgh were like, where was that? Where was that the last couple of years? I hadn't seen that. If the, if the knee was a question and you wanted to see burst and explosion and stopping power, you saw it on base defense and you sp- saw it in special teams too. Levi Bell? Yeah, flying around. 5'11", 260. I had to look him up on the roster. I, I apologize. Who's 98? Who is this guy as I'm watching the game? High, high motor. You said Nick Reed earlier. Nick Reed was a preseason superstar years and years ago because his motor never stopped. This guy's a little bit bigger, but length and strength will be a challenge. Looks like a practice squad guy, but plays with tremendous energy. Anybody else I'm missing that you want to make sure you I don't know, on? but I'm freaking on fire right now. So, okay, play that Drew Locke cut. That's enough of me. Play Double that again. Oh, his hands were phenomenal. You're absolutely right. I mean, he did he have as good a game as I thought? That's the best game he's ever played. Yeah. Granted, the competition was not number ones across the board. There were some, but that was his best game as a Seattle Seahawks bar none. Play the Drew Locke and answer the question. Drew Locke, talking about Bobo, play the cut for me, please, said this about Jake Bobo. He's been a, he's been a fan favorite in the locker room for sure. More Bobo is, is the uh, thing that we like to say in the locker room. Get Bobo the ball. Um, does everything right, man. He uh, works really, really hard. I know uh, when you throw a rookie out there and you get zero uh, Emmys and practices, and um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to do zero the whole time. Okay, what are zero Emmys? So I was been thinking about this for the last few minutes. Obviously, uh, marsupial edibles was sort of right. one of the first things that came to yeah. my mind. It's also Maine, right? Um, State of Maine. I see, guarantee I you there's a hundred texts on there. Right, there's a so hundred texts. C- I have those. not looked at the text machine. I know you haven't. If it was C-E, I would right. have gotten it. It would be a critical error. Okay, good. So you got the E. Come on now. But an M-E uh-huh. is a... Is a rookie. He's made no blank errors. Mental errors. Thank you. Uh. Like managing editor. I'm telling you, there's a chance. <laughs> Mass Effect. I was thinking critical. That's what you like to say is critical errors. Correct. Right. But a mental, no mental error, errors. obviously, so would good. would lead to a critical error. Way to go, Sulky. Way to go. Mistake. Mm-hmm. You know what, Brock? I had a little caffeine this morning. I got like three and a half hours of sleep. So I'm kind of on it today. Like, mm-hmm. just like you. I'm on fire. <laughs> just kind of on it. Just, you know, as I've told you, I kind of see the game now at this point. I don't really need your uh-huh. kind of analysis. You just reacted. No, you just reacted. Well, I'm just it. sort of in the zone. I'm yeah. like, the game Brilliant. has stopped speeding up on me. Everything uh-huh. has slowed down. <laughs> and now, you know, medical errors or whatever. You don't just, yeah, you don't just know the how-to. Medical now emergencies you know the, or you know the wind is. are. Yeah, there we go. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to do our uh, most intriguing Seahawk countdown for today. We are on to number 11. Unfortunately, he didn't play yesterday, but he got a long period of time in front of the camera. What did we make of what we saw and what can he do this year? That's next. I'm Brock and Sulk.